He didn't he um he was mad at Mary, not Mary. God damn it, Paul. Sorry, Paul's Paul's meowing. I'll I'm gonna put him outside real quick. Alright. Oh. Oh, Paul. Oh. No. Fuck. Paul. No. <laughs> get him. Get him. Get him, Jordan. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't do it. I'm, I'm in Canada. No, oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Did Paul punch you? <clears throat> all right. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should I see the other guy? <laughs> you don't want to see the other guy. Because <laughs> the other guy is a cat. <laughs> you you want to see the other guy. Actually, he's really cute. <laughs> he looks like a little football. <laughs> <laughs> just just want to kick him. Yeah. I, wanna, I just want to punt, Paul. I love Paul, man. Paul's a, Paul's fucked, man. <laughs> He's so fucked. <laughs> I love him, though. Oh, man. Uh, Renee's back! Hello! Welcome to Cullen and Jordan Review 7th Heaven. The podcast. Thank you for choosing us among the trillions of fucking podcasts on the internet to listen to two guys talk about a show that ended a while ago. No one really cares about it, but we're fucking doing it and we're making a podcast about it. What the fuck is a podcast, Jordan? Today, a podcast is an escape, it's a respite, (laughs) a respite, a respite. A podcast is a respite from the world, hopefully a respite from certain things that are on your mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can escape with us into this crazy world of over-intellectualizing a show on the 90- from the 90s. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this show is. This is a fever dream of a show. It's hot. Is it hot where you're at right now? It's so fucking hot, and I it's had to, I had a fan running in my room with the window open. I turned it off just for this fucking podcast. I all the windows are shut. I have pizza <sighs> hanging out of my mouth. You have pizza I, hanging out of your mouth. I have pizza hanging out of my mouth. Uh, my my ear just fell off. I I'm doing good, uh, but I, I, I'm 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 afraid. I'm I'm afraid I'm gonna die before the end of this episode. <laughs> Oh, this fucking show. Cullen. This fucking show, the show is giving me a tumor. The show is so stressful in so many ways. Every, there's so many significant things that constantly happen in the show. No, no episode so far. I mean, we're only on episode four, but no episode has been even a little bit insignificant in the lives of the Camdens. We had dog episode one, um... Uh, cancer episode reveal two. episode one. Cancer. Oh my god. Renee pregnancy episode two. Grandma death episode three. Grandma funeral and a baby's born. Spoiler alert in this episode. When apartheid episode five. If Holocaust episode six. If this like if this trajectory continues, the world is going to be consumed by flame by the end of season one. <laughs> 
Where have we to go from there? There's six more seasons after this. How are they going to keep shit, jumping man. the shark over and over and over again? The shark keeps getting bigger. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you and I are ingesting the show at such a in such a dense, intensive way. Like we we really got to play the like we got to play the field. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta we need to we need to pace ourselves here. <sighs> are you? How would you feel about this, Cullen? Yeah, I I think it's it's about time. You know where we've recorded three episodes. Yeah, we maybe have. it's time for a little retrospective. I have been doing a little bit of digging on the Seventh Heaven official IMDb page. Oh, oh shit! And um, I found some user reviews, and I'm just wondering because we've had a lot of very strong opinions on on the show so far. You know, I think both you and I kind of have areas that we agree and disagree with the Seventh Heaven writers' kind of worldview. I understand. Yes. Yeah. I I think it would be interesting to look at some of these reviews and just see if they're kind of on the same page as us or like, you know, what the the general what the um the thermometer of the American public uh has to say about, you know, is this show hot or cold? Right, right, exactly. It it would not, it would be nice to hear a third party's opinion for sure. Yeah. If anything, to confirm whether or not we're crazy and where we stand. Yeah. Um, I kind of... I wanted to get kind of like a... I wanted to get the same perspective mm. that we have right now. Mm. Which means someone not watching in 2017 a rerun on ABC Family. <laughs> because we're seeing all these episodes for the first time. We're watching as if... Uh, we are watching like the premiere of this new series and following right. it week we're, by week. Exactly, exactly. Right now, we're, we're our minds are in 1996. Whenever we watch it, yeah. This is um. So I kind of went back uh, through the pages um, to page 21 of oh, of the IMDb user there's review 21 section. Pages? Oh, there's far more. There's 27 pages. Oh my god. This one is from the 14th of February. Valentine's Day. Ooh. I wonder what this person was doing writing a 7th Heaven <laughs> user review on IMDb on Valentine's Day. Yikes. Ooh. Not the best. Um, 2002, <laughs> so I think it's maybe six seasons in or so. The author is, uh, is user Millie52 um, from, from New Orleans. Oh my god. Um, New Orleans on Valentine's Day? You're inside writing a review on 7th Heaven? Jesus. Millie52 um, says, It is an awful show with a good moral background. When you see it on the TV Guide channel, you have to turn it on, even though when it is on, you are cringing with every life lesson the Camden children are learning. <laughs> I, I agree with yes. that so far. That's Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's very good. I, I definitely agree. Barry Watson, Stephen Collins, and David Gallagher can actually pass as good actors with the exception of when Simon is attempting to act drunk. Spoiler alert. No! Oh. Simon's gonna get fucked up. Cullen, this... Simon's gonna get fucked we up. We have to stay around until 2002. <laughs> we gotta I guess stick six it. seasons in? We gotta stick to this, man. I really wanna see... I really wanna see him drunk. 
Catherine Hicks, on the other hand, makes me almost consider suicide. Oh my god! Fuck you! Oh my god! Fuck you! Catherine Hicks you are... is the best part of this she's, show. She's an angel. She's amazing. She's so genuine. Her face. She's the only force of true love and human compassion in this show that's filled with people who are only out there for their own gain. Oh my god. Jessica Biel and oh Beverly Mitchell isn't horrible, but she aren't really showstoppers either. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, All right. blah, blah, blah. This blah. person's a fucking idiot. This person's, this person's an idiot. I'm done with them. Take them on with you. Fuck I'm assuming em. they're talking about the characters who appear in later seasons. Adam Lavorenga's bland former troublemaker Robbie isn't Emmy worthy, but isn't as bad as the idiotic Catherine Hicks. <laughs> oh my god, what does this person have against Catherine Hicks? Thought, what the fuck? I think I like child's play. I think Catherine Hicks is fine. Catherine Hicks is alright. She's genuine. Look at her face. It's fraught with meaning. Yeah. Oh, wow. Catherine Hicks wow. is the only part of this show that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah, exactly. Every other character makes me aware of the, the empty void that's deep inside me. Okay, I'm going to do one more. Yeah, go. This one's from 10 October 2001. From Fantastic. Juggalo Kid is the username. The username is Juggalo Kid. Wow. From Juggalo Georgia. Juggalo Kid? Juggalo Kid. Alright. Um, the review is titled Exploitation of God. Okay. And it is a review of the television show for ABC uh Seventh Heaven Um by a user named Juggalo Kid. It's rare to see a show with an uplifting and spiritual message. And trust me, this one doesn't break the mold. While it's a nice show, and Jessica Biel and Beverly Mitchell have nice bodies, <laughs> it's okay. far from a Christian masterpiece. <laughs> the Rev shows little to no compassion and zero forgiveness whatsoever. I have met atheists with more understanding of the Lord than this character, and the problems the characters face are not unique. Nor do they carry any message aside from substance slash sex equals bad. The characters spend no time in prayer. And after watching several episodes, I have seen two references to God. It's no king of kings in the spiritual department, but it's a decent watch. <laughs> what the fuck? Whose side are you on, Juggalo Kid? Are you with us or against us? What's I don't, happening here? I don't know what he's what he wants. That His, man, that man is is nothing. That man is 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 an is a garbage. Like he's not negative. He's not positive. He's just. What is uh, the end goal here? Okay, so like, okay, let's make a bullet point list of the things that he wants out of a television show: an yeah. uplifting and spiritual message, um, the characters engaged in prayer. Uh, deep spiritual lessons other than the banning of substances and yeah. sex and also the uh, also like looking at Jessica Beals and Beverly Mitchell's like banging bods <laughs> <laughs> those don't seem very congruous how, how do those work what and, it, and it's that... a decent watch I just love how it like 
It, it follows the progression of like, like more some in- references to God and more sweet titties. Oh my God! Basically, more gods, more and more, more, more God and more boobs. <laughs> I want both. And you know, honestly, isn't that what we're all looking for uh, as a species? How did you feel about that post-funeral scene at the very beginning of the episode where Grandpa is just like just, acting just, so weird? Grandpa is ask is just acting ridiculous. He just rashly flees to the airport and and goes back to Phoenix for just like lickety split, like at the at the funeral of his own wife. His soulmate for the last, oh, I assume, 50 or so years. He just... Bye! Grandpa is a man with a mustache and an inability to process negative emotions. And it really comes through. It really does. The music, the flowers were perfect. I think Mom would have approved, don't you, Dad? All in all, I think she would have preferred to be sitting with the rest of us. Somebody order a cab. That would be for me. It's one of those things like where the voice and the tone and the mouth is all indicating that he's happy, but then you look up at the eyes and you're like, something about this isn't completely right. There's just fires burning, houses being torn down inside of his eyes. Yeah, you can you can see a certain disconnection in his eyes, and he gets the fuck out of there. He has to feed like, his fish, Cullen. He has to go feed his fish. His fish are hungry. He has to go home and feed his fish. Why the fuck would he want to do that? Like, like seriously, like, even if he's, like, a sociopath, like, he can't just, like, just, like, after the death of his wife, go, all right, I'm going to return to our home, our empty fucking home, and yeah. I'm going to see a million stories in everything that I look at. <laughs> and re- remind myself of the fact that I have no one. Like, mm-hmm. that seems like the one place he shouldn't go. Yeah, that's... it's He's... There's something... Uh, clearly, Annie's father is not handling things very well, and he's throwing up some walls. He he just straight dips, though. Yeah, he dips. He is he's gone. And that's going to be an issue. Um, yeah. That's the pre-credits scene. The credits... You know, I watch the credits again, like I do every week. Yeah, of course. Um, While I'm sitting there in a coffee shop, enjoying my nice latte, and I noticed (laughs) that uh, the name, I the name of the dog that plays Happy the dog, yeah, Happy is Happy the dog. (laughs) Wait, they got him. They named the dog. That plays the character Happy the Dog. Happy the Dog. Dog's name in real life is Happy. The dog is playing himself, Cullen. (laughs) This is a biopic. Why the fuck does Happy the Dog as himself? It's just and Happy the Dog as Happy the Dog. There's no crossover. Stephen Collins is Reverend Eric Camden. Like, that's a character. But, like, so basically that means that, like, Happy the Dog is aware of the fact that he's 
in a TV show. Well, he isn't aware because he's a dog, but if he wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> if he wasn't a dog, he'd be completely aware of the fact that he was in a TV show because he'd be playing himself. Yeah. But because he's trapped in the vessel of a dog, he's unable to express himself. This is infuriating. Is that ethical? The dog doesn't have so. any control over what it's named. <laughs> None of us have any control over what we're named. Ultimately, I mean, I guess, I guess we can change our name later on. It's like Airbud, you know. <laughs> Airbud was named uh, like Bud or something. Buddy, I think he's named Buddy. Aw, Airbuddy. Man, I haven't seen Airbud in so long. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't have a lot of childhood memories associated with Airbud the movie in particular, but I have a lot of memories associated with spinoffs of Airbud with other sports, and specifically the commercials for those other sports. Yeah. I mean other like, spin-offs. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Like there was a soccer bud and it was like Air Bud, you know, dog in the net. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Oh my god. It's like football Air Bud that was like Air Bud, you know, dog skin. <laughs> Air Bud go long. Air Bud yeah. tackle boy. Airbud touchdown fuck face butternut squash McThousand <laughs> What the So anyway the this fuck episode was that? uh carries on. There's a reception after the funeral. Yeah. Right? There's a there's a reception that seems vaguely unplanned <laughs> on the part it of the is. Camdens. They're just kind of assaulted <laughs> outside of their house. <laughs> Like, they didn't expect people to doubt on them when they run the church and, like, what the fuck did they think was going to happen? But everyone really sweetly shows up to their house to give them food. Yeah, they're flocked by churchgoers. Yes, flocked. I don't mean to be this guy, but did you notice the the last three episodes have been very, like, not... Like, 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 it's been pretty white, and then in this episode, there's, like, a plethora of black characters all of a sudden. I actually was totally not paying attention to that, Cullen. <laughs> Fantastic. But now that you've well, pointed that it out, this... I'm gonna agree with you without going back to the episode and watching it, because I trust you. Yeah, which is great, but it's so strange, the pattern that it follows, how it's, like, completely no black people, and then all of a sudden, it's almost like... Like, 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 headquarters got a hold of the writers and they were like, you guys, we really need to diversify this cast. This is, this is getting out of hand. Yeah. And then they just, like, throw out, like, a few characters that have already uh, apparently established relationships with all these characters. Mm -hmm. And you're like, why? I guess they changed casting agencies or something. Yeah. Like their old casting agency was like still living in the 50s. They switched <laughs> to a modern one. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. In this scene, we get uh, some more Simon Gold, which I love. Oh. I love when Simon is just like completely unaware of anyone else's feelings. Simon. It's the gift that keeps on giving. He really doesn't give a shit what other people think. <laughs> He's like... He's like, where's grandpa? And then like one of the parents is like, oh, sorry, he left. And, and Simon's like, oh, him too. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking grandpa's dead too. God damn it. 
goes back to sleep. That's so funny. I think like, uh, Annie's like, sorry, honey, he's, he's gone. And he's just like, fuck man. Oh, well. (laughs) Oh, well. He wasn't that great. Simon follows a really interesting trajectory in this episode. Yeah, Simon's whole trajectory is like one of questioning and doubt. It really uh, affirms, I think, our suspicions that we that we uh, proposed, like in episode one. I think that uh, Simon's whole arc would be like challenge of faith. You know? Yeah, absolutely. He is a, a little Richard Dawkins right now, questioning. Yeah, yeah, he's he's starting to break out of the mold a little bit and become cognizant of like reality and like death and stuff like that mm-hmm. and I, I think he's taking these questions these really hard-hitting questions and he's going straight to the source he's going directly to eric Candon, who at this point i'm convinced is satan and oh he's just like in a human outfit so yeah it's i have literally no respect left for that character whatsoever but <laughs> simon's, simon's kind of like a he's a simon's kind of like He's cool as a cucumber. He's like, he just casually throws out like, like these one liners, almost as if he's walking away from like an exploding vehicle in an action movie. (laughs) Like he's like, like he sees the people with the food and he's like, wow, grandpa missed the good part. (laughs) Oh shit. He's such a little badass. Yeah. And Eric kind of like looks at him with this like look on his face. It's like, I almost thought like Eric was maybe kind of thinking like he might be a little proud of him. Mm. Like he's he's learning. Oh yeah, he's learning to be a bastard. He's learning t- just like his he's father. learning to purely dissociate and just be self-serving. That's right, Simon. People don't matter. That's right, Simon. All that matters about people is the food that they bring you and the offerings <laughs> that they lay at your feet. They pitied us, Simon, and that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> we must That's we must tell these people to embrace the darkness. They must learn. <laughs> That's what Eric tells that <laughs> Holy shit. I forgot about the whole couples therapy thing. Oh, the couples therapy. We'll get to couples therapy. <laughs> That's so amazing. Father. Father, I am learning. When lives are taken, I am rewarded. <laughs> the Pavlovian right, response. <laughs> He starts to drool at the thought of harvesting souls. <laughs> the deed has been done, Father. And now, now it is time for the reaping. It just helps so much that he looks like a creepy little, like, hollowed out kid that's just, like, walking around, like, empty and chap-lipped. And mini Malfoy. Cre- he's a mini Malfoy. <laughs> he's a mini Malfoy. He's a, he's a mini uh, American Malfoy. I love I love Simon. <laughs> I love him so much. There's so much shit that goes on with Matt's wants M- Matt wants to leave the funeral and hang out with uh with Jeff. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Which 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 Annie is just like, "Uh-uh. No. My gra- my my dad left me at this funeral to deal with all this bullshit. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, all the men in Annie's life are simultaneously trying to leave her. Eric just letting her down. Eric's like she's she's like Napoleon Dynamite at the school dance. You know, she shows up with all her friends, Ugh. and then they all just dump her. Oh, it's so sad. 
and and, and we, she, oh bright bright spot yeah. though we cut straight from from that uh awfulness to all of a sudden a face is revealed that we have not seen in over one episode the baby mama herself Ow. renee renee's, renee's back. back motherfucker i'm oh, so I love happy renee. renee's back <laughs> <laughs> she is a force of l pure light in this strange uh, just, just, just fuckery. She she's in a world of fuckery. And like she's a normal person, goddammit. She's a she's normal, normal person, person who had sex once. I, I love it. it. It's like it's like the office didn't have Jim for the first four episodes. And like finally <laughs> there's like a consistent source of normalcy and like we can connect with this character. Oh my god. Her uh, excuse for um, being there alone when she's so deeply pregnant and uh, Louie, her baby's father, is back in the picture is that her dad, who previously disowned her, and Louie are at a comic book convention together. Classic. Um, which, is, which is funny. and Shirking uh, his responsibilities at the comic book convention. Yeah, it's appropriate, though, because they're both cardboard cutouts. They belong nice. right there. It's right where they belong. Not characters. You know, I really that from from what we know about Renee's uh, uh baby daddy and uh and uh a father, why the fuck are they at a comic book convention? That makes no it sense. It makes no sense given what we know about the characters. I when mean, we, we know nothing about the baby daddy and the <laughs> father was like all we know about the father is that he's very gruff and very mean and wears, like, an American flag patch on his shirt. Right. And he was drinking a beer and, like, comic What is he doing at, like, a, at some nerd shit? He doesn't <laughs> seem like he'd like some nerd shit. Neither does the baby dad. What? I don't get what's happening. Oh, my God. But basically, that's Renee's, dial that's Renee's dilemma uh, throughout the episode is... My husband, or my, my, my boyfriend isn't here. My, mm -hmm. he, my, my, my baby is about to pop. I'm pregnant and alone right now. And uh, it's frustrating for all of us. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that the backdrop of that interaction is these newlyweds. Oh, who are also present at the, at the, um, reception. Yeah. These newlyweds who like compared to the tone of the show are like clinically insane because they're like over, they're cartoon characters they're, they're, they're literally cartoon characters they're so they have crazy just written all over them they're over emotional and manic and lustful and like they, they just have a crazy couple written all over them yeah eric sees these two kind of young uh newlyweds they're just sucking on each other's faces in the corner of this funeral reception which it's is great and eric sees an opportunity to enforce the abstinence that he loves so very deeply so he goes over there and gives him a hard time he proceeds to you know there's some socializing that happens some other scenes you know this is kind of out of order but a few minutes later into the episode he sees the the uh wife the new wife crying in the corner and he's like oh man oh man all Time is to... not perfect in this perfect union <laughs> she kind of looks like drew barrymore in the adam sandler first date movie 
Oh, you know? yeah. She does kind of look like uh, Drew Barrymore. It's 51st Dates. Shades of Barrymore. 50 yeah. sh- 51st Shades of Barrymore. <laughs> 50 Shades of Barrymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, she-, <laughs> she has a similar sensibility, and she's just like crying uh, to oh. Eric Camden about all the problems in her fucking relationship. I've seen Drew Barrymore cry. Not in real life. In movies. <laughs> and she's good at fake crying. Yeah. This lady, this actress, who I'm sure is extremely talented, and this was probably at the beginning of her career relatively, yeah. um, is not amazing not the crying. most convincing. <laughs> uh, at all. Um, and I think Eric is very aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> She's Eric is subtly, subtly uh, critiquing this lady's acting skill. <laughs> uh, she tells him that her marriage is a sham. Steven's having an affair. Oh my god, my life is burning down around me. Right. Everything is going terrible. Right, right. And Eric, you know, quietly or very calmly nods his head up and down, uh, yeah. putting off the appearance of, like, con- consoling this woman. But what's actually going on, I can only assume, is like, yes. Tell me more of your secrets. Every secret you give me, I become incrementally more powerful. You know, yes. give me, give me your true name, <laughs> for then I will own you. Another lamb is added to the flock. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, we have the standard—I uh, don't know—the scene where a man is sitting there going like wah wah while a lady is crying and being emotional and it's like that's definitely how it feels it feels like the male like the classic white knight rolling his eyes giving this emotional woman a tissue and it feels very very just dumb feels dumb the backdrop of that is that Eric is doing all of this instead of being with Annie who is super alone Annie's fucking just i mean you said in the last episode life was fucking annie up the ass and it continues to do so <laughs> it really does unyieldingly just unyieldingly like 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 she's really getting fucked up the ass and all of these male figures in her life her father her all these male figures in her life in every direction her husband mm-hmm. her father her son all three generations are like skipping out on her and they don't want to be with her on her on the day of her mother's funeral it's her mom her mom just died uh, and yeah. no one no one wants to be around oh my annie. god i'd take care of annie i'd support her i'd be there for her i'll be there for you annie yeah I'll, I'll i don't fucking... care what anonymous uh <laughs> imdb user <laughs> i forget the username <laughs> says about you i think that you're great Oh, you're a fucking, you're a fucking babe, and you shouldn't have to deal with that shit. Who gives a fuck what IMDb reviewers have to say about how likable and empathetic you are as a character? Oh my god, no I will, one. I will appreciate you, Annie. That shit is Annie, for the I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you, Annie. I'll provide for you. Listen, like, I'll, I'll, you don't need to worry about that. Like, we can make this work. 
This is actually, you know what? Let's drop the metaphor. I'm talking directly to Catherine Hicks. Hey, listen, if 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 you're if you're struggling with the with with the male figures in your life, just come to me, just come to me, baby. Are you okay, Catherine Hicks? Are you all right? <laughs> I don't know, man. After seven years of this shit, I I doubt Fuck. that she's okay. <laughs> oh, after after seven years of of being extremely, you know, intimate. And makey Audi with uh, Reverend Eric Camden on a regular basis. I I would honestly like have PTSD at this point. Uh, yeah, I, I how feel did like she at do this it? Point, I I have no idea. I don't know if she's like this warrior of endurance or if she's secretly more messed up than Eric Camden, and that's how they've managed to make this relationship work. I I don't know. I I mean, it's difficult to determine at this point, but. I like her. I mean, if she is, we're yet to see it. Yeah, exactly. If she is, we have yet to see her make a false move. But so yeah. far, she's just been this vessel of perfect wisdom and understanding. You know. Yeah, she's the perfect cool parent. Yeah, she is. Um. Okay, so we've got we've got all these different things going on. You know, yeah. the newlyweds. We've got uh, Annie's feeling bad. Um. Uh, we've got Simon. Um. Who is really just wondering what happens to you after you die, and he's kind of wandering around trying to figure that out. Yeah, exactly. Um, adding on to those threads, yeah. we have guess who continues to fucking be a presence in this television show, <laughs> despite, despite zero likability and substance. I don't know, man. This for me is the first episode where Jeff <laughs> is had anything uh, reasonably interesting to do. Uh, what he's, a fucking dunce. He is being turned up in the mix like the DJ is crossfading Jeff into both channels. Now he's coming through all of your headphones and being pumped through the subwoofers. He is he is the mix. <laughs> Damn. Well put. Matt uh, uh, talks to Mary, um, and turns out Mary, after after Jeff was was uh, vulnerable with her last episode, Mary's kind of not into him anymore. Yeah, it might have to do with the fact that his face looks like a fucking shovel, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she's not into it, uh, and she wants out of the relationship now. Matt kind of is in an about face. From everything he's been pulling for so far, um, i.e. not being a fan of his sister dating his best friend, Matt gives Jeff some advice on how to maintain his sister's attention. Mm -hmm. Um, He basically says, Jeff, with my little sister, you've got to play hard to get. Drop, Mm. you know, tells her to do some pickup artist things. Be aloof. Drop some negs on her. yeah. Really, just tear down her self esteem. Yeah, exactly. His his sister, you know, this sister of his. He's he's giving advice on how to neg his sister. Um, and then uh, Jeff tries to be aloof to Mary. Um, oh, never mind. I got a lot of stuff I gotta go do. Pretty busy, you know. Yeah, I better go. He's such a doof. He's, He's such just a, a big old doofus. He's a big old clumsy, clumsy little man. He's and an aloof doof. <laughs> He's an aloof doof. He's in a doof loof. 
and he's in a tailspin and it can't pull out but he's in too deep it's actually kind of charming it reminds me of like all the times that i like tried to be cool like distantly cool around girls and like it's just so pitiful yeah and i really think i, I like mary's dilemma throughout this whole episode where it's like like ever since they became like a thing uh Eric has gotten, or not Eric, <laughs> ever since this relationship has become a thing, Jeff has, like, kind of been weird, and, like, yeah. Mary, basically, Mary's, th- uh, Mary's whole perspective is, like, we're, like, things are weird between us ever since we started dating, I just want to go back to when we were friends, because things were less we- less weird then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I And think- now Jeff is getting legitimately emotionally invested in their yeah. relationship, and that yeah. represents an issue for yeah. Mary, who just wanted to be kissed exactly yeah she was just looking for something kind of cash and fun and er i mean jeff is like really starting to develop like feelings man you know boys boys boys, man man. fucking boys oh my god yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a problem um this kind of theme of uh relationship problems is uh carried out through the next kind of sequence which is that eric Eric is counseling these yeah. crazy people in an attempt to salvage what's left of their relationship. Susan and Steven are a mess. They are a mess. Susan suspects Steven of having an affair. Uh, and Steven is just a neurotic mess. Steven is... They are... Well, one. They are both cartoon characters. Yeah. Two, Susan is a stereotypical wife who thinks her husband is cheating. Three, Stephen is a stereotypical husband who's just a, like a charismatic shitbag who's like, hey, I I love everyone. I can't say no to anything. (laughs) Oh my God. He's like wearing some goofy dumb shirt. He's wearing an idiotic shirt. He has that hair that's like, he's not quite balding, but he's not quite, like, he doesn't quite have a full head of hair. So he's like, right in that zone of like, particularly crazy guy at a bus stop. Yeah. He calls his wife, sweetie poopsie. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Oh Oh my my God. God. And Eric Camden sucks at couples counseling. Yeah, Eric Camden is awful. He basically just locks them in a room together. And then we kind of like, like, this is how they just don't fit in the rest of the show because there's literally the backdrop of this episode is the grandma is dead and there's lots of uh, serious feelings happening. And I think there's supposed to be the comical relief, but there's this whole serious thing happening. And then these people, like, he shuts the door behind him and this, there's like, Sound effects of vases being thrown, like shattering glass, and like, like boyoings in the room. They're just... Oh my god! It's it's a zoo in there. It is a zoo, and they're locked up like zoo animals. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and Eric is just like. Can't I just get my fucking peace of mind and shit? My my wife's mom just fucking died of cancer. 
<laughs> is this really the best use of my time? Oh my god, probably not. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. You know what is actually a really sweet moment that I really dug um, in this episode? So, th- this is like kind of like the emotional crux, I feel like, in the whole episode. The part where I actually felt like genuine warmth. So, you know how like Mary's... Sorry, Annie's whole like deal is that she's losing uh, the role of a man in her life. Uh, and she's becoming stripped of all of these things that she once thought were concrete and unchanging are suddenly mm-hmm. bailing to go back to Phoenix or bailing to do couples uh, counseling or bailing mm-hmm. to want to hang out with Jeff. In the midst of all of this separation, uh, Simon, the fucking the dude that he is decides to present his mom with a little snack in bed yeah oh my god and it's like the sweetest moment and like it's just this little kid who probably isn't grasping the weight of all that annie is processing decides Mm -hmm. to take it upon himself to present annie with like like a cheese platter or something. <laughs> I honestly can't remember what he what he brings there. And then uh, Annie reclines uh, back completely and just opens her mouth, and Simon just drops in cheese at a consistent pace. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. All that we see is Simon presents his mom with a, a, a little snack, and then they share a nice little moment, and then the episode continues, but... Yes, mother, it's time to feed. <laughs> it's time. Yes, eat it. Eat it, mother. Eat. <laughs> shh, shh. It's like the opposite of Oliver, where, like, <laughs> Annie's probably begging for, like, no more, please! And please? He's like, oh, God. No more? <laughs> what she doesn't know is I'm going to turn her into a nice foie gras. Yes, keep eating this these high fat foods. Stop making me imagine Simon <laughs> stare down the barrel of the camera and say this to me. I don't like thinking about it. Um, that was a really nice moment. Um, and it's really nice to see Simon bonding with his mother more than his father because I think his father steers him towards the dark side. Yeah, yeah, and his mom is like, you know, he she inspires what's good about Simon. I think she inspires the good in everyone. She's yeah. like the opposite in Eric. Eric only w- awakens uh, dormant rage and pettiness and hostility in people. Yeah. <sighs> and he shame. has like a million things on his plate, but he says that. He says like, man, can't a guy get a break? But all he's really hung up on is the fucking couples therapy. You know what scene I really want to talk about? The scene where uh, uh, Simon... Uh, is, like, at a loss. Like, he's gone to all of these adults, but, like, Mm -hmm. what happens whenever a a kid asks an adult about heaven is that they give a long-winded answer that makes sense to them, but, like, is, when it comes down to it, just emotionally unsatisfying for a kid. Like, Simon gets more and more frustrated with these kind of long-winded answers that he feels are, like, he feels like people aren't giving them him the whole truth. Yeah, he 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 wants it to be he's such a he's so practical in his approach to heaven. He's like it needs to be like out there. It needs to be like a quantifiable tangential like a, a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, What's and- funny is that uh the most kind of traction he gets with anyone um 
you know, he, he goes through his, his various parents and siblings and they, they have nothing to say to him, especially Reverend Eric Camden. No. Um, who kind of tells him it's like, you're, su- you're kind of supposed to not know. And that's oh. the whole point of it. And the closest he gets before he finally gets a satisfactory answer, which I'm sure we'll get to in just a second but yeah. he, he gets a reasonably okay answer from jeff so maybe it's it's in the fifth dimension right uh which is something that simon can at least you know comprehend yeah exactly and i feel like that kind of gives simon like a little bit of satisfaction because it's like an actual answer that isn't mm-hmm. like metaphysical or i guess i guess it is metaphysical but like it isn't heady or like too conceptual for him to follow like it's it's a concrete answer what i loved uh was i found it fascinating actually um we don't talk about ruthie very much just because Mm -hmm. she doesn't bring a lot to the table ruthie is the youngest in the camden family she's like this little girl and like simon is at a loss like he doesn't know if heaven exists or not he doesn't know if everything he's been told is a lie and he's just at a loss, and he's confessing his rawest emotions to Ruthie, and he's like, I just wish I knew. And, like, let's stop talking about the show for a little bit and, like, talk about how fucking real this is to your and I experiences. Oh, like, man. I remember being a little kid being, like, because you and I were both raised Christian, and, I like, I, I was obsessed with death as a kid, and I constantly thought about it. Like, people told me heaven existed, but, like, my question, the question that I was constantly asking was, like, yeah, but, like, what if there isn't that? Then yeah. what? Like, and I totally relate to that feeling of, like, dread as a kid. I actually then- super, yeah, I was feeling uh, a huge amount of, like, Simon's journey in this episode is is definitely my own. He's just like, "Come on, guys. Let's do our fucking homework." Yeah, there there must be something. Like if it's nothing, like where do our minds go? What happens after we die? Like that can't just go nowhere. Like, you know, like and he's so confused. And then Ruthie, the youngest of the Camden family goes, "I remember kind of what it was like not before I was born." Yeah, that was so important. What's that's so fascinating because Ruthie's argument is the only one in this very religiously themed show that satisfies Simon, and yet it in itself is the most secular answer that Simon finds. She's like, Yeah, grandma goes back to where she was before she was born. Like, I remember it. I'm a little kid. And it's like, it was only like three years ago for me. It's genuinely chilling. It, it It's genuinely kind of like this magical, like, whoa, kind of moment. <laughs> because She also says she's still in your heart, Simon. Blah, blah, blah. Which exactly. Is, you know. Exactly. Which, which is, I mean, I knew it had to be said. I knew Ruthie, like, was going to say heaven exists in the heart and, like, don't worry about it. But, like, I do think it's interesting to think about, like, where you were, where Jordan Bronner was during the Renaissance, you know? Like, yeah. where was he? Like, that's where he's going, you know? Like, I, I, that gives me, like, a weird amount of peace, you know? Ruthie, you know, uh, Ruthie makes the the star stuff argument, and that's where we leave it off. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, a really kind of, like, cute and, like, satisfying way to, you know, close that circle. 
I think uh, I I would like to see more uh, instances of Ruthie kind of uh, being the Yoda of this yeah, show, just exactly. having ju- being diamonds of, of uh, wisdom. Yeah, exactly. Keeping her eyes wide open and like you know seeing the code and understanding things before the social contracts kick in, and she tries to you know, and then she becomes an insecure person like the rest of us. You know. I, I really like the Simon Ruthie relationship too. Like they were friends before, now they kind of live in the same room. Yeah. Um, and it's just like they they both seem kind of relatively unshackled from the patterns that the rest of the characters follow in this show. Right. They're in their latency period. They're not mm-hmm. like completely grown up. So they're they they see they see, you know, the algorithms holding everything together and they, you know, can question it with what knowledge they have uh you know it's 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 really cool they're like an odd couple relationship it's like a super strange like they kind of they have a sense of agency towards each other which is kind of funny they aren't they have a sense of agency in that they aren't subject to the very boilerplate problems that teens have the way matt and lucy and mary are where yes. matt and lucy and mary all they want to do hang out with girlfriends and boyfriends and and be uh, cool kids and party and stuff and so they're in that you know television family loop of the parents are like exactly what are you, what are you gonna do and discipline and like uh. they're like just let me be free mom and dad <laughs> i just want to drive yeah no I, I simon t- and ruthie are, are completely separate from all of that yeah because they both have what they want simon has a dog he freaking got a dog he got a dog in the first he got episode. his own bunk bed you Simon know, is the, a Simon's a little sociopath, you know. Like when he wants something, there is no stopping him. Like he will find a way to get it. He will make it his mission in life. Simon, when Simon starts dating, he isn't going to be like, "Why don't you let me go out with girls, Dad?" Simon's going to be like, "Father, I have a proposal for you. I will, I will, you know, if you allow me a, a mate." I will bring you back the the skin of a famous African lion or something. I don't know. He'll come up with a proposal and he'll like hammer that shit out, you know? Absolutely. A little bit of... (laughs) Oh my God. Wait. Oh shit. We're completely forgetting about the fucking pregnancy. Oh, wait, wait, no, this is a good spot. Okay, so we just had that serious moment with Simon and Ruthie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after that, okay, oh, wait, 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 wait. So Mary dumps Jeff. Yeah. That happens. They're instantly friends again. Jeff's like, oh, I'll have to go back to seeing you as a friend. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's fine. Like, it leaves off in an okay place and we don't really care. All of a sudden, oh, my God. Renee's bit water just broke. Everything is interrupted. Forget everything. At the reception of a funeral. At the reception it. of her new, essentially adopted family's grandmother's funeral. Yeah. Her water breaks. She's going to poop this baby out. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. Yeah. So, because reverence tied down... Annie's fucking busy with things at the at the at the at the reception. Like there's no and 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 Renee's baby daddy and and dad. <laughs> they're at the comic con. They're at the fucking comic convention. <laughs> they're, they're 
Why are they at a comic convention? What about maybe like a switchblade convention? Or Lou like a and Lou and the convention? sergeant. Lou and the sergeant are cosplaying at Fanime <laughs> as fucking Yuri on ice. <laughs> And and Renee's just pooping his baby out. Uh, there's no one else that can take her. So 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 you know you know who has to take, you know like who has to take Renee to the hospital to have this child. Uh, that'd be um Mr. Matthew. Mr. Matt, M- Mr. Matt has to take Renee to the to the hospital. Which Matt is... is all up in this baby right now. <laughs> he is invested. He's getting very personally involved. He introduces Renee to the family, establishes. You know, a sense of family in Renee's life, a foundation, maybe like a, mm-hmm. a solid support system. And then on top of that, he's taking this woman to the hospital. He's basically like playing the role of of, of, of husband, a, sur- a surrogate husband. Yeah, this baby adopts Matt as his dad, you know, basically. He's, basically. You know, Renee's holding the baby. Matt's just there. He has to explain constantly that he's not the father. Um, yes, but it's a very um. It seems like it forebodes, you know, things about what Renee and Matt's relationship is gonna be like. What his role, uh, vis a vis this Lou dad and this baby is gonna be. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting because he essentially has to be a surrogate dad, and we're not sure about exactly how committed Lou is to this situation. Yeah, Lou doesn't seem very invested in what's happening mm-hmm. uh, with Renee. But Matt seems especially invested. Uh, I don't think Matt is going to forget the importance of birth control. Uh, just imagine oh, no. being like 16 uh, and with your friend who's... Uh, pushing a baby out of their body oh my god jesus <laughs> it's Just actually like... i don't know it, it gave me like a growing pains feeling again to see this kid like this hormone addled kid who just wants sex all the time to be confronted with like the very real consequences of unprotected sex like point blank and he's like adorably like shaken up and stirred and it's like Actually, kind of sweet in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Matt is like he's never going to touch a woman again in his <laughs> life. He he comes home from the hospital and sheet white doesn't know that Mary and Jeff have broken up, and he kind of comes across them playing basketball and is like, "Listen, you guys, you guys have to stay away from each other." <laughs> oh my god! And Simon is like, "Hey, did Renee have a baby?" And Matt is like, "Yeah," and he's just like cool <laughs> and just walks away yeah i i feel like almost in the same way that a lot of these camden children kind of inherit features of eric yeah exactly. i think that in the way that simon uh in inherited eric's kind of natural skill for manipulation matt is slowly starting to manifest eric's hatred of sex oh my god yeah, that's actually a pretty good theory. That's definitely what makes sense. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that's going to manifest in, like, Mary and the girls. We'll see. Yeah. Mary's kind of conniving so far, too. You know, she the instant Jeff develops an emotional connection, she pulls away. That's yeah, a kind that's of an true. Eric trait, I think. That is an Eric trait. 
essentially the um the episode ends um with uh Eric and Annie making out <laughs> you know and he like in a really corny Fabio kind of f- cadence he's like 20 years later and you still take my breath away <laughs> and it's so There's, painful um, all the Camdens kind of get together and they um eat some cherry they pie all, oh they demolish that pie <laughs> There is a there is a a Twin Peaks level of strong pie preference in this they, episode. <laughs> they feel very strongly about this pie. It's it's sort of the the like the the main totem of this episode is the pie and how insistent they are on fucking pie. <laughs> All of a sudden, like it, I feel like it's almost. They're self-medicating themselves with pie. There's been yeah. so much pain and chaos for all of them recently. This pie is the oh, only pie. thing that exists for them anymore. Fills the cracks of the heart. <laughs> it really does. Oh. And then... Grandpa. <laughs> the only... <laughs> I was just, sorry, I was thinking about um, Paul Blart. <laughs> oh. oh, Paul Blart. That's the one joke from Paul Blart that I like to use. Oh God! It was it was the other mall cop the whole time. <laughs> it was the tra- it was the guy that he trained. I never would have thought that it was, was the guy there that a he trained. second Paul Blart. Yeah, yeah, I uh. never saw it though. Oh my God! Okay, so you know throughout the entire episode. Uh, Ruthie wants her mom to sing the song that grandma would always sing. Mm-hmm. And it's brought up, like, in in even chunks. Like, Ruthie asks, Mom, could you sing the song that grandma once sang for us? And Annie's like, oh, maybe later, honey. And then, mm-hmm. you know, in the third act, in the second act, she's like, can, can she... Can can you sing the song Grandma used to sing us? And then in the third act, Ruthie asks again, "Can can you sing the song though that uh, the Grandma would always sing us?" And they finally, at the end of the episode, sing the song, and it's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Do you know what song it is, Cullen? It's actually I. This song, um. I understand that this song has historical context. I I am ignorant of the context <laughs> of the song, but what yeah, I know, me too. what I as a millennial living in the year 2017 know this song from is that it is featured a parody of this song is featured in a K9 Advantix commercial um for for dog flea tick removal medication. Um, wherein a golden retriever puppy what? is at a camp. What the fuck? Um, and he's like, hello, mother. Hello, hello father. father. Please take some mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Really bother. Thanks for the package. That's why I'm writing. Canine Advantage quickly stopped all the biting. Swimming, hiking, and tent pitching. They're not biting. I'm not itching. Can't wait to show you. Oh. All my new tricks. <laughs> 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 oh 
Oh my gosh. So what I have going through my head the whole time is, wow, you know, grandma must have really liked, you know, her, her dog's flea removal medication. (laughs) Oh, everything's a lie. She just got it from the commercial. It's grandma's song. That's grandma's song though. And that's where the episode leaves off. No, it's not. Grandpa shows up. (laughs) Does grandpa show up? Yeah, goddammit, Cullen. Ruthie asks Annie if Annie is ever going to die, and that's kind of a moment. Uh, She explains she's going to be here for a long time, and then there's a horror movie sting, and oh my god, the camera pans to who's at the door? It's Grandpa. Grandpa's there. They're all singing the Grandma song. Grandpa apologizes. Everyone's fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes are removed, and all the Camdens just go along their merry way. Yeah. End of episode. That's the end of the episode, I think. So there's been, um, you know, continuing on all the on the second episode, I suppose, is themes of birth and death and the circle of life. Yeah. You know, Renee reveals that her baby is going to be named the grandma's name. <laughs> which, which honestly, I can't remember. Yeah, for now, we'll just call Renee's baby grandma. The grand, great baby grandma. <laughs> so Renee has a baby grandma. Fleas and ticks are removed. Things are pretty okay, and I was left feeling a little empty. They've exhausted a lot of kind of continuing themes that have been set up. I feel like if I was a writer for the show at this point, I'd be looking to kind of start some new threads. Yeah, start some new threads and, I don't know, try to make it more nuanced, try to make it different, a little more unique. I don't know, change it up. At this point, it feels like they're going in circles. I I want more shit with the kids. I want new things. I want Mary's, um, I want Mary's sports appreciation to be a thing i want it to like that serve more... some purpose other than having her hook up with dudes from playing basketball with them right. I, I, that's I, literally the only thing that has actually come of significance from her basketball playing so, so far is fucking so jeff uh, it's such, uh, yeah no i hate it <laughs> but jeff's out of the mix now he's been turned his volume has been turned down and yeah. for what and for what? Yeah, there was really no reason. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm kind of hopeful about the future. You know, this whole depressing uh, a grandparent plotline has kind of been tied up neatly. And I'm, I'm looking forward, I'd say. Yeah, it's less of a bummer now that uh, death is out of the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is basically um, what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh. If you were to give this funeral reception episode uh, slash baby having episode um, slash basketball breakups episode a rating of what level of heaven does this heaven achieve? Uh, how many heavens would you rate this heaven? This episode, I mean... Out of seven potential heavens. Out of seven potential heavens. Okay, so I really did like this episode. Like, honestly. I agree. I I thought that there was a lot uh, that 
enhanced the characters, uh, new, fresh conversations. Some of the characters got to get deep. Uh, Jeff got to think about death, which I think is just <laughs> as a concept, yeah. it's hilarious. <laughs> but, but do I die? <laughs> do I go to the fifth dimension? <laughs> yes, Jeff. Is heaven in space? <laughs> Uh, it's just I don't know. It's it's good to see the characters reflect on like deep things. Uh, yeah, that was kind of yeah. refreshing. And uh, and so much Simon, which I love. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of Simon in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any episode with more Simon is uh, you know you know more Simon, more more likey. That's what I say. <laughs> That's great. That's a dumb dumb dumb. Say. That's the dumbest thing I've ever said. Ugh. If you had to put a number on it. I would say that this heaven is six heavens out of seven. You know, Colin, I think I agree with you. I give this I give this episode six heavens out of seven. We've almost ascended. We've almost ascended. Uh, as, <laughs> I can't talk, man. We've what? almost ascended to the seventh heaven. Okay. What? You know, an amazing change from the last episode. I totally agree. Not just in the context of the show, but also in the context of the show that the audience is listening to right now. Yeah, we aren't mad at Eric right now. I mean, you know, things are beginning bear to in develop. mind that he's he's still the same man that we we all know, and you know he's probably going to be back to his old tricks later. But uh, we had a refreshingly small amount of Eric's awful controlling nature in this episode i i totally agree it was as far as i'm concerned the more we explore the interesting characters of this show and the non-eric characters of the show the more invested i am yeah definitely at this part the only thing that eric is doing for me as a viewer is separating me from the whole experience Mm -hmm. i I, you know, I'm looking forward in the future to, um, I agree with everything that you said, obviously. I'm looking forward to this, um, death plotline being kind of left in the dust because I really like the character of Annie Camden and I want her to have some fun. I want her to be happy. Yeah. I just want her to be happy again and, and momming around. Yeah, exactly. Just like the old days. Yeah. Mm. Back when she was, you know, doing it in an oven. <laughs> Anything you want. Yeah. You get it. Well, I feel like we're starting to return back to that uh, original format. Things are starting to, you know, reach a point of, uh, uh, you know, th- things are beginning to achieve stasis again. You yeah, know? absolutely. And and by the way, I echo your, your six out of seven heavens. Oh, wow. In case wow. I didn't say that before. Wow. Is this yeah. the first time we've ever matched? I think so. Wow. That's awesome. It's a good app. I can I can I can fall asleep not hating you. <laughs> Wait. You, you rated the last episode a little high. I mean like in my personal Oh, opinion. you know what? Uh, I think it's that you to... enjoy being sad more than I do. <laughs> I really do. I, I turn it into chocolate and I consume it on a daily basis. Which is saying something considering how much of a misanthrope I am. We're both <laughs> we're both misanthropes here, Colin. Why the fuck would we, else would we be t- doing a fucking seventh heaven review podcast yeah, right now we're we're doing this really like at the at the core of it we're doing this because 
we really just don't think we deserve happiness. <laughs> Eric Camden is a penis cage right now for us. He is. We are enforcing. He is a chastity belt. We are doing this to ourselves, and we 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 like it. We like it. We're we're a bunch of masochists. We're self pitying masochists. We're sodomachists. We're sodomachists. That's it. Thank you. Well, since the last episode, we've uh, established a bit more of a firm identity uh, uh, on the internet. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, we are available on SoundCloud. We at are at soundcloud.com slash seventh heaven pod. That is the number seven, seventh heaven pod. Our Twitter account, which is newly formed, is pod Camden. Um, as I make this, I just made the Twitter and it is. Um, has zero followers at pod camden c-a-m-d-a-e-n p-o-d-c-a-m-d-e-n and our facebook is facebook.com slash colin and jordan review seventh heaven the podcast <laughs> so uh that was our really facebook good group. that was so professional we i think colin i haven't run this past you mm-hmm. um also I would love and Cullen, I um I I haven't run this by you, but I am assuming you would also appreciate if we were to receive feedback in our email inbox. Absolutely from the podcast. If you disagree with our our uh assertions regarding the Camdens, if you would like to leave your own IMDB style juggalo fan review of the episodes, um we'll gladly read it. We'd love to to uh to see what your comments are Indeed. our email is the word seventh unfortunately the number seven th was already taken but mm. seventh so s-e-v-e-n-t-h heaven mm. podcast at gmail.com seventh heaven podcast at gmail.com with seventh spelled out um we'd love to we'd love to talk it out with you boom we're on itunes we're on stitcher everything is there we are a podcast we 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 know what a podcast is we have answered that question every episode so far <laughs> nearly every episode so, um, wow well thank you for listening thank you for sticking with us uh let's keep this let's keep this crazy train of moving yeah let's uh i, I will tighten that up i promise <laughs> that whole contact thing i just set up everything so i don't know any of the anything so i was looking it up as we were doing it I'll try and get our um, contact us section underneath uh, below 10 seconds by the next episode. But um, yeah, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Jordan, you're the best, man. Seriously, it's always so fun doing this. Oh, thanks, Colin. You're the best. I know it sounds weird since this context is like a bunch of people are listening to us say this to each other right now. But, you know, you're cool. Hey, thanks, man. It's it's cool to record a podcast with you. You're you're a great friend, and it's cool to kind of metaphorically make out with you in front of a cheering crowd of people. <laughs> That's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that with that mental image, we'll move forward. Uh, and uh, uh, rock, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs>